I am on a mission, rather a path to discovering the connections of the mind, body, and spirit as it's linked to social justice work. Particularly, I am interested in the spiritual aspect of social justice work. Each episode, I will talk with scholars in various fields who are committed to social justice and social change to learn more about how they see spirituality connected to the commitment of justice and change. I am your host, Dr. Valen S. Jordan, diversity and social justice educator, and this is 824. Managing thoughts. Let's talk about this one. Okay. (laughs) So managing thoughts is a tricky one. I sometimes let my thoughts take me on a wild ride and you've known me for close to 20 years. So coming up in September of this year, it'll be 20 years. And so you have probably experienced some moments with me when my thoughts were sending me down some unreliable path. Um, and we've probably had some chats about that at some point in life. So describe what it means to manage thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think we've all had that experience of our thoughts taking us on a wild ride or to unreliable places. Um, to manage our thoughts is, it's really cool. Actually, I'm really um, excited about this topic because I think it's something that's so accessible, but we don't even realize um, that we can do it. We Managing our thoughts entails a few things. It entails first becoming aware of our thoughts. Um, And then once we become aware of our thoughts, we can work with them. We can evaluate them to see if we want to believe them, if we want to follow them down that, you know, down the path that they're taking us. Um, And we have a lot of, um, a lot of power there, which is really cool. Um, I think something important that, you know, really was helpful to me is learning that we often believe what our mind tells us, right? What our thoughts are saying. So a thought will pop into our brain and we believe it to be true. We're like, oh yeah, you know, that, that thought's true. Um, but our thoughts are not necessarily true, right? Just because we think something, it doesn't make it true, we have thoughts all day long. Um, sometimes we have really like silly thoughts. Sometimes we have really irrational thoughts. Sometimes we have really logical thoughts. Um, but they're simply that, they're thoughts. They're not anything more than that. They're not anything less than that. They don't necessarily have to hold meaning if we don't want them to. Um, which is kind of, you know, it, it can be a little like, shocking to hear that, especially if, if, you know, one hasn't done a whole lot of work on their thoughts before. So I think that's like a good starting point is just to like, remember that just because you think something doesn't make it true, right? We have lots of different thoughts. So um, when we start to pay attention to them, then I think that becomes a little more evident. Um, But often, like our minds are usually just on autopilot, right? They're just on automatic. Um, and if we never take the time to stop and, and look at them, um, then it can feel like we are our thoughts. And I think when we, we were talking before about like the earlier about the, the soul, you know, like 
that's kind of the unchanging part of us that we are, right? Our thoughts are a changing part of us. Um, so I think it's important too for us to not over identify with them either. Um, because when we think that we are our thoughts, we can get into a lot of trouble, especially because, you know, because they're changing all of the time because they're not always the same. Um, so yeah, so managing your thoughts is basically about becoming aware of them and then evaluating them and deciding what we want to, what we want to follow and believe. So can our thoughts truly be managed? Like, are we looking to manage all thoughts that are just like, or just negative ones that impact ourselves and others? Yeah, I think that, cause I don't think it's, it's like super realistic that we're going to be able to manage all of our thoughts unless like maybe you're meditating all day. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, I think where, where it's helpful is to manage the thoughts that maybe are causing us some type of, of pain or anxiety or that are unhelpful. Um, or like you said, you know, ones that, that impact ourselves and others in a way that, that we don't want them to. Um, so yeah, I think we can truly manage them. It's like anything else, you know, it takes work. Um, and it takes, uh, you know, it takes some practice, but that's like anything worth doing, right? Like as you do it, you can get better at it. Um, and it comes a little more easily. So, but yes, I think we can, we can truly manage our thoughts. So if you don't mind, would you mind sharing some examples of thoughts um, that you have had in your own life and how you work to manage these and maybe even share the three um, sort of assumptions of aware, becoming aware of the thought, evaluating the thought, and then deciding what to yeah. do. Yes, that's great. Um, yeah, I think so. One example that um, I have had experienced recently, and I've heard other people experience a lot recently has been, you know, with COVID, because we are in that time right now. Um, I, I've had the thought that I could, I could carry the virus and unknowingly pass it along to someone else. Right. So that's been a thought that has caused me anxiety that I've heard, you know, other people saying has caused them some anxiety. Um, so what I did was I identified. So, you know, I was able to identify this thought. Right. It was actually really helpful just to like, be talking to other people about it because I was able to identify it by hearing myself say it out loud. You know, I wasn't even necessarily aware that it was such a such like a recurring thought in my mind until I heard myself saying it to people, like to a few different people. Um, and I heard them saying it, right? So that helped me to identify it first, right? Become aware of it. Um, and then, so, so I looked at this thought, right? And I, I examined it to see, okay, like, is this thought helpful, you know? And while it was producing some anxiety for me, right? Which is not necessarily a bad thing, like just because something produces anxiety for us doesn't mean that it's it's bad right I actually realized that this was helpful to have a little bit of anxiety here because it was making me behave more cautiously right it was helping me it was reminding me to keep a, a safe social, social distance from other people it was reminding me to wear a mask in public places um, to stay home more often you know and on and on um, 
where I saw that it was producing more anxiety was when I was, I was like going a step further with that thought and, and trying to like predict the future basically. So when I was maybe going above and beyond what I could control, you know, so like just getting a little, um, intense, I guess, about like washing my hands or washing down everything that came into my house or not touching any surfaces. Um, you know, so, so I think looking at like the, the usefulness of it, right. And how it, it, it impacts us, um, can be really, really helpful. So my kind of like decision was, okay, I can, I'm going to take this thought that I could be carrying the virus and unknowingly pass it along to someone else. Um, and let that motivate me to be doing the behaviors that I want to be doing anyway, right. In order to keep myself and others safe. Um, and I'm going to kind of like nip it there, right. Just like, instead of, instead of going into, instead of going further down that thought pathway of like, well, what if I do give it to someone else or what if I kill someone else or what, you know, I, I was going like further, further away from that thought. So I kind of had to cut it off and be like, okay, I'm going to use it. I'm going to have this thought be useful until this point. And then maybe I can choose another thought. Like I'm doing everything within my power to keep myself and others safe. Right. That was like a much more Mm -hmm. helpful thought than ruminating on the, what if I, what if I am carrying it? What if I do have it? What if I get someone else sick? Um, Those, those thoughts were not really helpful. Right. But the, the, I'm doing everything that I can to keep people safe was much more um, reassuring to me, you know, much more relaxing versus anxiety producing. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, it's really helpful to be able to discern the difference um, between the two in terms of thoughts that are should be validated and thoughts that we can sort of work to mm-hmm. to drop. Yeah, definitely. So, can you talk a bit about cognitive behavioral therapy? What is it, and why is this type of treatment? Yeah, definitely. Effective? So, cognitive behavioral therapy—it's um, also referred to as CBT for short. Um, it's one of the most common types of therapy. Um, it's, I think because it's, it's rather simple, um, and, and easy to understand and easy to implement. Um, and there are helpful techniques that go along with it. So it's kind of very practical. Um, so basically it posits that, um, so we have a, a circumstance, right? A circumstance occurs and that leads us to have a thought. And then the thought causes a feeling and then the feeling leads to a certain behavior so it goes circumstance first then thought then feeling then behavior Um, and the difference between these is really important Um, and maybe Val you can help me with with an example right so the so the idea is that we, we don't have control over our circumstances, right? We, where we do right. have control is within our thoughts and within our behaviors, right? Um, our feelings emerge and we don't, we don't have, we don't really have control over our feelings, right? A feeling comes up, 
and it's there and we you know we try to make it go away and it doesn't go away right or we try to avoid it and it still comes back um but where we have control mm -hmm. is in what we what we choose to think um the the tricky part of that is that we often don't even realize that we've had a thought when it occurs because it happens so automatically it happens so quickly you know we just we have there's a circumstance we feel something and then we're just off to the races you know we don't even realize that, that we've had a thought um so so this is a common example that i use right so imagine the circumstance right you walk into a restaurant to meet a group of your friends and as you approach the table where all of your friends are seated they begin to laugh right so this is this is the circumstance that's happened right what right. do you think what's one thought that you might have at that moment that as i walked up what they were laughing at Perfect. had to do yes. with me so if you had that thought right what they're laughing at has to do with me how would you feel um i'd probably mm -hmm. a range of emotions from their confusion to sadness to uh, feeling mm -hmm. self-conscious, And if you're feeling all of these feelings, right, how would you behave? What do you think you would do? What would your next move be? Probably mm -hmm. to leave uh, yep. frustration. Perfect. Now let's consider the same circumstance, right? You walk into the restaurant to meet your group of friends. As you ap approach the table, they all start laughing. What is another thought that you could have in that situation? That I happen to show up as someone Perfect. said something funny. And if you had that thought, how would you feel? Excited to know that my friends are having mm -hmm. a really good time. Granted, I haven't <laughs> been there yet, so I don't know how good of a time, but good to know that they were happy. Right, right, right. And if you had that feeling, then what would you do? I want to join in and know yeah, what was so exactly. Funny. So you see how you can have the same circumstance, right? Nothing changed about the situation, right? The only thing that changed was your thought about it. And one thought led you to walk out of the restaurant and leave. And the other thought led you to approach the table and probably sit down and ask, what's so funny? What are you guys talking about? So, I mean, right. it's kind of over, oversimplified, right? But um, it's, it, it can be empowering to see that we do have some agency in our lives, even when the circumstances are beyond our control. Um, and, you know, this is a really like slowed down version, right? Obviously when this happens, it happens so quickly, like we don't even, we don't even realize it. So, so part of, um, part of therapy, part of any like um, work on yourself, right? Is really increasing that awareness and doing that work to, to even after the fact, you know, come back to it and ask yourself, well, what was I thinking in that moment? Or what was the feeling that arose from me? And right. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, what was that about? Um, so, so that's kind of why uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is really effective um, because it can really be applied to anything at any time. Um, and, and it's really useful, you know, it's shown to have really good outcomes when, when it's implemented.
So is that one of the strategies that you ask your clients yes. to practice? Yeah, so we do this a lot. Um, you know, one of the, so, so many of the strategies, right, like that are, you know, like examples. Um, but then we use like real life scenarios too, right? If a client's, at, let's say, talking about a conversation, an unpleasant conversation with their boss, right? And they left feeling really um, defeated and uh, not liking their job. You know, we go into, okay, well, what was the circumstance, right? What, what did the, what did your boss say? What were you, what was the issue that you were talking about? Um, and then like, can we identify what thought did you have about it? Um, did you have about that conversation? You know, so I saw my boss, you know, make a face, right? Make a grimace. And I thought, she's really unhappy with my performance, right? And that thought led me to feel really disempowered and made me hate my job and, and made me dislike her and made me just want to leave. And then, and then we can go back and what you can do is also like, you can challenge the thought, you know, you can explore it. You can say, okay, well, is that, is that valid? You know? Yeah. She made a grimace. Okay. I saw like her face scrunch up, but does that necessarily tell me that she was unhappy with my performance, right? Did she actually say those words? Did she say anything that, that could have been interpreted as that? Um, might I be feeling overly sensitive about how I'm doing? How about how I'm per performing? Um, right? There are all of these questions you can ask yourself to kind of, you know, challenge, challenge your interpretation of what happened and challenge your perception, you know, to see if, if maybe there could possibly even be any wiggle room there. Is it ever possible that the, the thought um, does not need to be challenged? That the initial thought you had was valid? Yeah, I mean, so I think the thought, you can always validate the thought, right? So we don't want to like, we don't want to be like dismissive of ourselves or like constantly questioning ourselves either. Um, but I think in the value in, in challenging it um, comes when you're feeling something maybe unpleasant or that you don't want to be feeling or that's causing harm to the relationship or, you know, that's, that's standing in your way somehow. Um, so you can go back and you can challenge it and you can decide, no, my original thought was right and, or my original thought is the one I'm going to choose to believe and to stand by. Um, you know, certainly that's, that's a possibility, but in, in exploring it and, and allowing yourself to question it, um, it helps you to see other perspectives too, so that it's not like there's only this one perspective that you get, you are like forced to be in. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Um, and so with that, I do have yeah. a question to how this comes up in a sort of framing mm -hmm. with social justice. Um, because when we think about all the sort of areas of identity, whether it be sexuality, gender, race, class, uh, able-bodiedness, um, and we come to understand mm -hmm. microaggressions, um, what happens when someone from, let's say, a a marginalized uh, mm -hmm. background or has marginalized identity experiences mm -hmm. a microaggression. They mm -hmm. recognize the thought <laughs> that 
with regards to the microaggression, the feeling is Mm -hmm. unpleasant. Um, And then the behavior could be sort of distancing yourself from whoever it was that you were in conversation with or um, whatever the behavior might end up being. And so I'm curious as to how we work through understanding our thoughts with regards to um, notions around oppression. Yeah, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. Yeah, and I think, um, and we might get into this in another topic too, but I think, so one of the things um, that's important, right, is that, of course, we don't want to be, like, dismissive. Um, You know, like I said, like, of course, you know, you want to validate the experience. Um, I think it's more about, so, like, for for an individual, right, to um, be able to question their own thought can be really powerful, right? Because it can change their experience. It might not change. So it doesn't change the fact that like the microaggression took place, right? Or whatever, whatever, it doesn't change the circumstance, right? So the circumstance, remember, is that that first piece, right? The piece that's, that's out of our control, our, right? So, so, Mm. but where we have control is in the thought about it. So in asking yourself, okay, I, I see this person in front of me, you know, performing this microaggression, what is my thought about that? You know, what does that then mean to me? What does that mean about me? What does that mean about people um, who look like me and who come from the same background that I do? You know, what is, what is the thought there? Um, and, and non-judgmentally too, of course, right? Because it, it's not like there's a, there's no right or wrong here right? It's a process of, of self-exploration. Um, it's not like it's right to have a certain thought or wrong to have another thought. Um, of course not, right? That's just, it's, it's your, it's a technique to, to use to explore what's going on within your own mind. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we have the power. And I think it's really, it's totally, it's going to change depending on each circumstance It's going to change depending on each individual, Right. But if you have the power to ask yourself those questions, right, um, and question like what what is this bringing up for me? What is this about for me? Um, then that can be really transformational. Right. Like that can can lead an individual um, to to a process of of something like much greater, you know. So let's say, for example, um, you see the microaggression and you think um, this person is, you know, a terrible person. Right. And they this person thinks that all people who look like me are are, are bad people. Right. Or, or something to that extent. Um, and then the feeling is is then like um, angry or disenfranchised or sad. Um, and the behavior is is to walk away um, and to distance yourself from this person, which may be totally valid and maybe really necessary. Um, but if, if, if you can challenge those thoughts and say, okay, this person performed this microaggression and, um, and I, I'm going to choose to have another thought about it, right? Or even one of my go-tos is, can you be, sorry, go ahead. Thought of mm-hmm. myself. No, so it's maybe even a different right. thought about myself because I think sometimes the microaggression comes up. There's the experience of feeling unworthy, yeah. not feeling valuable. Yeah. Like 
thought and the feelings sort of allow right. for those things to come up um, when, again, the circumstance is out of our control. And so the thought that can be mind for is mm -hmm. how you're thinking about yourself yeah. in the face of Yeah, yeah. I think that's so that empowering, right? right? Because think about that. If you didn't have that thought that, you know, I'm... I'm not valuable or, you know, that this person believe even this person thinks this, right? If you had a different thought, even like, you know, maybe this person has a certain belief and that doesn't mean anything about me, um, right? That might lead you to act in a very different way. Um, it, it's really just the, yeah, like the, the being able to choose versus it happening automatically. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Thank you for that. And are there other strategies and techniques related to CBT that uh, folks can be more conscious yeah. of as they are? Totally. Going I, lives? Um, a few that are, that are pretty popular um, and that I like to use too are um, one of my favorites <laughs> is um, what would a friend say to me in this circumstance, right? Or what would a friend say about this thought? Um, right. So like if you're it's just like imagining like you're talking this out with your friend, you know, what would they say about it? Um, sometimes we're being like really harsh, you know, on ourselves. Sometimes, um, you know, we're there. Our friend can offer us another perspective. So kind of having someone else's voice in your head. Right. Whether that's like a parent or a therapist or a mentor, you know, what, what would they say to me about this thought is helpful or in this circumstance? Um, we talk sometimes just about like uh counter statements right so i have this thought and what could be like another you know we, and trying to use ration you know rational thinking or, or logical thinking can be helpful um you know what could be like a rational counter statement you know kind of like we said earlier in that example with the restaurant you know if you walk in and you think you know they're laughing at me well, what's another option, you know? Could there be another, could they be laughing at a joke? Could they be laughing at a story someone just talked about? Could they be laughing because they're happy to see you, et cetera? Um, and then another one that I like too is like, is there evidence for this thought? So where's kind of like, where's the proof? You know, almost acting like a lawyer. Like if you had to present this in the courtroom for trial, like the evidence for your thought, um, could you bring that up there? You know, is there evidence that your friends might be laughing at you as you walk in? You know, have they done that before? Um, did something happen recently with one of them where, you know, she was making fun of you or teasing you? Um, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of dig a little bit to, to, to challenge it. Awesome. I love Welcome. Thank you so much for sharing um, strategies and techniques. I hope um, people who are listening are taking this under their belt and noticing ways in which they can uh, practice some of these strategies yes, and techniques. No problem. I hope uh, I hope it was clear. And if there's any questions, or you know, you can even just look up cognitive behavioral therapy um, and and do some research, or look up a cognitive behavioral therapist um, to find out more too. Thank you for listening to this installment in the Wellness Wednesday series. If you would like to be in contact with Diane, you can reach her through email at d 
Martori, that's M-A-R-T-O-R-I, at gmail.com. dmartori at gmail.com. Please continue to stay connected and updated on this podcast and much more by following Yoga for Social Justice on Instagram or Twitter.